It's absolutely great to have Dave Harvey, the founder and guitarist of Millennial Rain, here on The Antidote. Dave, thanks so much for coming. Thank you. This is sort of weird. You know, Dave Hawkins speaking with Dave Harvey. <laughs> it's sort of a DH squared. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. I guess it is. <laughs> I've been listening to Millennial Rain for a few years, so I guess I'm really long overdue to have you here for a talk. Why don't we get this personal? What's been your music background? I am a huge 80s fan, I guess you'd say, from back in the day. I come from bands like Queensryche, you know, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, you know, Dawkin. All those bands would probably be my first and foremost influences, I guess you would say. I didn't discover power metal, actually, until later on, towards the end of the 90s, early 2000s, before I really found out what was going on outside of the U.S., what about bands that you've actually been involved with personally? Uh, well, I uh, started here in the Dallas area with a band called Phantom X. Uh, they had been around for a while, and they were needing a guitarist, and they had put an ad out that they were auditioning. I was actually living in uh, Arkansas at the time. And uh, I came down to Dallas and auditioned for Phantom X, and they liked me well enough that they hired me on the spot. So I was coming down probably every other week to work with them and uh, ended up moving down here April of uh, 2007. And uh, I was with them a couple of years. Uh, I went to another band called Aska. Mm-hmm. Aska is definitely a, a big band in the, in the power metal scene. They've been around for a long time, for 20-something years. Ended up playing with those guys for five or six years. And while that was going on, uh, I was writing my own material. And uh, ended up doing a recording project. And it was basically songs that I had from back in the day, 80 songs that, that never really got released. I did all the recording on it for the exception of uh, drums and, and vocals. And I brought in a couple friends to do that and uh, called it Millennial Rain. After that, uh, still playing with Aska, uh, ended up putting out uh, Carry the Fire. And uh, the two guys that did the first album weren't available. So I found another singer, and he and I were recording the album, and we decided while we were recording the album to put a full band together. And that's basically how Millennial Rain came around. Did anybody tell you that you were absolutely nuts to leave a band like Aska to go out and start a whole new project? (laughs) No, I didn't really hear that. Honestly, Aska... uh, we did a lot of things, you know. We did Rocklahoma a few times. We headlined some other things like uh, War is a Metal Fest. But as far as doing anything really extensive that, that I couldn't do in this band, you know, it just wasn't there. So granted, this was getting this one off from the ground. But just before we put out Carry the Fire, of course, we signed with Ulterium. And Ulterium has been fantastic the whole way. We just felt that we wanted to put all our energy into this, so I, I went ahead and dropped out of Aska and just put all my energy into this one. I'd really like to hear about your creativity. What is it that motivates Dave Harvey to make music? Oh, man, I don't know how to really put a finger on that. It's just been something that's been with me my entire life. I can remember being a small kid and dreaming about playing guitar. I was kind of a late bloomer. I really didn't start learning to play guitar until I was around 14, 15 years old. And once I picked one up, 
it just definitely took hold and I've, I've never put it down since for lack of a better word, you know, music is life. That's, that's the only way I know how to put it. You know, it's not like North America doesn't have melodic power metal bands, but that style is certainly a lot more common in Europe. How do the numbers of Millennial Rain fans compare between Europe and the States? Well, I'm sure there's quite a bit more in Europe. Now, granted, we haven't actually been invited there yet. We're still waiting to be, be invited. Hopefully that'll happen on this album. It didn't happen on Carry the Fire. Uh, we did a festival down in Mexico just last month. Uh, we had quite a few fans there. But uh, as you say, you know, here, the music scene just hasn't been the same since the 80s. It's it's really hard to get people out anymore. Unless you're playing with a national or international act that has its own draw, it really is hard to get people out. So, yeah, there's quite a bit more in Europe because, that's like you say, that's where Power Metal was really born. I'd go all the way back to uh, Halloween, you know in uh, probably the mid to late 80s when they came out. That's, to me, they're like one of the first true power metal bands. Sure. And, uh, you know, that's where it was born, so that's where the biggest part of our, our audience is. Okay, you've seen the progression of those decades. What has been the significant change between the 80s and now? Well, you know, when the 90s rolled around, that was a very dark time, uh, musically, that is. You know, a lot of bands rose uh, in the alternative grunge scene. And in my opinion, I mean, it was just very, very, very lacking in talent. That, in a nutshell, in the 80s, you had bands who were drawing full arenas. When the alternative grunge scene rolled around, well, that stopped. And it's just never recovered since. You know, I mean, you have a few of the old-timer bands that are still touring around, the bands like Kiss or... Iron Maiden, you know, but of course they're they're not from the United States, but still, you know, these bands have just never gone away and they still got their their core fans. But as far as the music scene in the United States, uh, the 90s grunge scene just killed it. So and it's never been the same. So, you know, it's it's just hard to draw. It really is. People just don't go to shows like they used to, not not back in the 80s. So it's it's a major difference. I've heard Millennial Rain being described as having a quote-unquote classic style. What defines the music as being classic versus current? You know, I, honestly, that's, that's a hard one to put my finger on. Uh, to me, it just sounds like normal power metal. You know, I listen to that, and I listen to something like maybe Saxon or you know, somebody else that's still going, and you know, I don't hear a whole lot of difference. So as far as having that classic sound, I mean, I guess maybe because I'm a child of the 80s and, and that's where my, my biggest influences are, maybe that's why. I'm a huge Randy Rhodes fan. To this day, I still listen to a lot of Randy Rhodes. I still, if I'm working on guitar licks or whatever, I play a lot of Randy Rhodes. So, you know, maybe that's why I'm still just drawn to, to that style. And of course, that style is going to come out in, in the music. So maybe that's why there. But it's not like you or the music of Millennial Rain is stuck in the 80s. You're still currently recording. You're putting out new albums like what we're here to talk about tonight. I don't understand why that reasoning has come through to call it a classic style. You know, to me, it's it's almost as if a critic was saying that it's a dated style. And I don't see that. Well, I didn't either. You know, I listen to a lot of uh, up-to-date power metal bands. You know, I'm Huge Firewind fan. I listen to Borealis. Uh, there's a band called Bear Infinity. 
that I really like. You know, I listen to a lot of the newer stuff. And, you know, when I sit down to write a song, I don't sit down and say, well, I'm going to make this song sound like so-and-so. I just write what comes natural. Me, personally, I can't really put my finger on the classic side of it. But if that's what they think it sounds like, well, that's fine, I guess. As you say, as long as it doesn't suck. (laughs) And that's why you're here tonight. Right. Instead of using veiled lyrics, Millennial Rain makes your focus on Christian faith quite obvious. That's different from most bands. Is that the best route for the band to take? Well, again, like I say, when I I sit down to write, I just write what comes natural. And the four of us, uh, we're all believers. We don't really consider ourselves a Christian band. We just consider ourselves four Christians who play in a band. But, uh, you know... When you write, you're going to write what comes natural. And if you're a person of faith, that's just automatically going to come out in the music. And someone even who is not a faith, you know, those life experiences are going to come out in theirs. It, it just depends on who you are and, and what's inside. You know, when, when you write, that's what's going to come out in the music. Ours just happens to be the faith. You've already mentioned that you're not a Christian band, that you're Christians in a band. Right. So you would never describe Millennial Rain's purpose to be spreading the gospel? No, not really. We play with a lot of different bands. We are a power metal band. When we book shows, we look for bands in that genre to play with. And or, you know, with uh, national or international touring acts. We stick with bands close to our own genre. Now, Striper, that was just kind of a fluke thing how that happened. You know, we've played with them quite a bit. We did part of their To Hell with the Devil 30th anniversary tour. We meshed pretty well with those guys. You know, they've gotten a lot heavier over the years. So, you know, when we play shows with them, it just works out well. And we have a lot of their fans, you know, just by playing with them now. But uh, we also play with bands like Sonata Artica. We play with Hammerfall. In fact, we have another show coming up with Hammerfall here uh, next month. Nice. We play with Joe Lynn Turner. You know, there's a number of bands that we play with that are not. Christian bands per se, you know, or at all, you know, they're just not Christian bands. I mean, we, we look to play anywhere and everywhere with, with who we mix well with. We don't look to get out there and, and preach to people off the stage. We just don't do that. Well, one song that really does make your faith stand out is the song Save Me from your Carry the Fire album. Can you speak about that? Uh, well, again, uh, I'm not the lyricist, so I, I have to just go with what I understand about it myself. Save Me is just pretty much straightforward. You know, we all go through dark times. We all have been to dark places. And sometimes it just takes the grace of God to get us out of it. In a nutshell, that's pretty much what that song is. You already spoke a little bit earlier, Dave, about the change in vocalists in Millennial Rain. On 2012, the debut, Trey Doss took the vocals. Then on your sophomore album, Carry the Fire had vocals from James Guest. The band's new release, The Great Divide, has another new vocalist, Travis Wills. Doesn't having different vocals make it difficult to keep a consistent sound? It does sometimes. Uh, As far as the music writing, it doesn't change the way I write the music. Uh, As I said before, you know, the original self-titled release Again, that was just songs that I had left over from an 80s band that I played in a Christian 80s band, that is. And uh, I just needed somebody to sing it. 
so Trey Doss, who is a friend of mine, I, I asked him to sing, and he was he was agreeable, so he came in to do it. It was just totally different music on that first album than what is on Carry the Fire and uh, The Great Divide. Now, when I got ready to start recording Carry the Fire, I was writing completely different music, so I knew then that I needed a different vocalist. I mean, Trey, Trey wasn't available to do, do the next album anyway, and with the sound of the music, well, I knew I needed somebody that actually fit the music. So I ended up doing a search, and uh, James and I found each other. It was just he and I at first, and we started recording the album and had probably about 75% of it recorded when we decided to start building the band around it. So we uh, started looking for members, and changing vocals again, that was uh, unforeseen. James, he runs his own commercial roofing business. And uh, right before we did the shows with Theocracy last summer, he was having issues just coming up with time to write on the new album. I mean, he just called me one day and said, look, you know, I'm just having a lot of road time. I'm spending a lot of time away from home. I just don't know if I'm going to have time to do this anymore for my business. Well, you know, what can you do? So we started uh, talking it over. And it, it was funny how things worked out because Travis, who is also a decent keyboard player, was helping me do some keyboard arrangement for the new album. When uh, James informed me that you know he was going to have to start backing out of it, well, after we discussed it, well, we just said, well, you know, Travis is there; he's already working with us. Let's just see if he's interested. So we talked to him, and he was. So I mean, here we are. Now, granted, it changes the sound, you know, going from voice to voice, but as far as the overall music, no, it, it doesn't change anything. I still write the same way I always have. The latest release from Millennial Rain, The Great Divide, is also a full length. You've always gone that route. All of your releases have been full length. You've never considered going the EP format because that's so much a current type of thing to do. To me, it's, this is just a personal way I look at it. EPs are, you know, when you're up and coming, if you're just wanting to get some music out there, you know, if you're just beginning, I can see doing an EP. But once you're established, I guess I'm just old school. The next album should be a full album, and that's just the way I've always been. So, you know, I have nothing against EPs. It's not like that. If, you know, if I was playing in another band and we just needed to get some music out there or we're looking for, you know, label help or whatever, well, yeah, we might record an EP. But for me, it's a full album. I just don't see the point in doing a short EP unless you're just beginning. This is going to sound really harsh, Dave, but you keep bringing up terms like classic and the 80s. Don't tell me that you're actually stuck in a time warp and you can't break out of that. (laughs) No, no, that's not it at all. I'm just, I'm using that as an example to to the way things are now. You know, I mean, us older guys, I guess you'd say, I mean, it's, things are a lot different now. And you've got to change to make it now. You can't be stuck in an era. You just can't. Albums are recorded much differently now. I mean, you, you've got to roll with the changes. You have to. So as far as being stuck, I would say no. But as far as uh, my musical taste, yeah, that's where it begins, yes. you know, I, And I would even go back to the 70s. Well, talking about taste, my taste certainly runs to the new album, The Great Divide. That's a great, great album. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. One of the first tracks I heard from it was Break the Tide. I like one of the lines in the chorus, and it says, Break the tide, 
that crashing cover. Truth without the noise. Some people believe that truth comes from a personal perspective. That truth can vary. Your thoughts? Well, that's a hard one. Uh, I guess it depends on what we were talking about. I can see how there could be more than one truth in certain things. If we're talking about individuals, uh, as far as your personal beliefs, your faith, for the individual, there's only going to be one truth. Now, as far as where he's coming from, again, I can't speak 100% for him, but I'm sure he's speaking from a personal view of, of his faith. You know, for him, there is, only, there is only one truth. If we're speaking of that, then I, I would say yes, there, there probably is only one truth. I often find that artists tend to say that their newest release is their best. Obviously, I'm into it, and the critics are really enjoying The Great Divide. But how do you think this latest release compares to your self-titled and Carry the Fire? Or is it fair to make a comparison? Well, I would have to say this is probably our best release. <laughs> There's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even back before we did the re- release and and I was going back and forth with uh, Ulterium and we were discussing certain things and even Ulterium, they, they could tell there was something special about this album. It's funny how he worded on the info about the album, about it being more focused, because that's something I completely agree with. Carry the Fire was written in a, for lack of better words, in a sterile studio environment. You know, I was doing all the writing, all of it. And I was just recording something. Once I got something that I felt was, was a decent song put together, well, I was sending it to James, and James was writing his part, all the vocals on it, and sending it back to me. We'd discuss maybe a little bit of what he might change on the vocals or not. And that was pretty much it. I mean, it was just like I was writing my part, he was writing his, and we were just slapping them together. Hmm. But as far as this album, now, granted, I'm the primary songwriter as far as coming up with the riffs. But in this case, you know, I'd put a full song together, then I would send it to the rest of the guys in the band. And uh, we'd uh, get together in a rehearsal and... uh, we would just pretty much pick it apart. They'd add their ideas and or any changes whatsoever and then write their own parts. So as far as writing this album, it was much more of a team effort. You know, it wasn't just one person writing the whole album minus lyrics. I just believe this album, it was a much smoother process. And even the first album, there were songs that I had laying around for a lot of years that just never got released. So, again, it was fully me doing all the recording and, and production work. So, again, it was just more of a sterile studio atmosphere on that one. But this one was more of a team effort. It comes together, at least it sounds that way to me on the album. You can tell that it's a little more natural feeling, at least to me it is. The song Till the End is also on the new release, The Great Divide. And it seems like it's heading in a couple of directions. There's concerns about the young questioning diversity and worrying about those exiled from society. How do those different pieces tie together? Well, basically, that song is our society today. You know, it's amazing how different things are now than what they were just 10 years ago. You know, the society we live in now, I mean, there is so much separation. There is so much for lack of a better word, there's a lot of hatred in the world today. I mean, a lot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got younger people who 
one, don't know what it used to be like. I mean, we used to be one country, one nation under God, and it's not like that anymore. You know, granted, you know, you've got people who are still as patriotic as they can be, but you look at the media, you can't believe anything that the media tells you anymore. I mean, it's it's really hard to, to put exactly together what it is you're asking me, but as far as the world we're living in now and someone who's younger, who never knew what it was like before, I think that's basically what he's trying to say. Let's switch into something really light, <laughs> or maybe not. There must be a story behind choosing the band name Millennial Rain. You know, that's really just one of those things that just kind of dropped on you. I can remember sitting in a church service years ago. I'm talking probably early, mid-90s. And uh, the phrase Millennial Rain uh, was used, and of course, you know, that's the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ after the tribulation. It's just a biblical term. And I heard that, and it was just one of those things. You know, I hear I hear words all the time that's like, you know, that'd be a good band name. And it was just one of those situations. I can't remember what was being spoken about or how or, or anything. I just remember that phrase being said, and it was just one of those, like you see on TV where the light, you know, comes down, oh, you know, one of those type things. That, <laughs> it was just like, you know, that would be a killer band name. And it just, it was just, it's just been sitting in my, the back of my mind all these years until I, until I actually used it. Okay, then. How about we take it from another angle? Okay. Your band already has a lot of longevity. So <laughs> will millennial reign reign for a millennia? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully. You know, I don't know how old we'll be by then, but uh, another thousand years. But I'm guessing if it's after the, after the tribulation, nobody's going to age anyway. So if it lasts, it lasts, you know. Even if it comes down to where it just becomes a, a studio project again, I would probably still still do that just to stay active and and have something to do but as far as the band goes uh, i don't see anybody going anywhere at least not right now so hopefully hopefully it'll be will last for a while dave thanks so much for coming to the antidote seriously i've really enjoyed this talk and best of luck with the great divide absolutely i've enjoyed it myself and thank you for having me